Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carry-out-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world. Something delicious is coming. Little Caesars is some big news. They now deliver. From the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of toppings at the nation's best price. Now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best price is based on comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings. And the other three pizza chains, comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas. Sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. So come on, get your Little Caesars. It's being brought to your doorstep. You can't beat it. Oh, yeah, by the way, pizza, pizza. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. We have covered a lot of ground, some of it sports-related. I think Fritzy's saying that Springsteen was overrated, and we also talked about the NFL, the 17-game schedule, regular season, adding a couple of wild-card teams to the playoffs. And what happens in these kind of negotiations is it comes down to one or two items. Now, you can agree on a lot of things, but it's usually one or two things that will hold up a deal. And in this situation, I think that the players were looking for a little more protection health-wise uh, getting vested at after three years, which means you could get your benefits. And it used to be four four years, a little more than four years. Now you get it three years where you're vested with health benefits. And also the amount of money that's going to be made. It's a 10-year deal with the owners that they're on the verge of signing, agreeing to. And I was told this morning that 10 years and the, the percentage, 1.5% going up with revenue is going to be worth about $5 billion to the players you got a 17-game schedule. Because of the 17 games, I was told you have to have two more playoff teams because you have to create interest in those final couple of weeks during the regular season. So just some of the things, you know, the NFL floating out this playoff expansion plan, it felt like it escalated quickly. But this has been in the works for a long time. I go back to what I told you around Thanksgiving, prior to Thanksgiving, a source told me we have to get this done by Thanksgiving. And then the same source said, look, the owners, there are owners who feel like we are headed for a recession. They want to get this done before the new year. Here we are in February, and it looks like they're inching closer to getting this deal done. And I think the players feel like this is a win for them as well. Normally in these negotiations, it feels like there's a winner and a loser. I think the players are going to come away with this thinking that they held their ground. And they did quite well against the NFL. Yeah, Paul. Saw a lot of people debating this morning on if there was a player vote, would it be 17 or 16 games? Stay with what it is. And a lot of the athletes that we have on on the show are stars. Like we have Drew Brees on the show, and he doesn't want a 17th game because he's got 50 million in the bank. But don't you think all the, you know, the second tier guys, third tier guys, because you play four years in the NFL, you get four extra game checks. That's, that's a big deal if you're a backup linebacker. Yeah. I, would, I don't know what the vote's going to be, and I, even uh, talking to a source this morning, and he said, you know, it, this isn't going to be a slam dunk with the players. Like, not everybody's going to agree to this. And if I'm a star player, if I'm Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, one of these younger quarterbacks here, 
I wouldn't be thrilled about playing a 17th game. Because your goal is to try to stay healthy for the playoffs. And it's hard to do that for any quarterback, even with the protection rules that we have in place here. A younger quarterback, I don't want to have a 17th game. Certainly, if I'm Deshaun Watson, you know I'm going to have a hard time staying healthy for a 16-game schedule. Now I'm going to add one more. Now is there going to be load management here? Plus, you the fans, do you know what you're getting when you go to those games week 15, week 16, week 17? Are we going to have a team with a losing record make the playoffs? And I, I'm going to, it's inevitable. We had that a few years ago with Seattle with a losing record. Are we going to have an eight and nine team in the playoffs? It sounds strange to say that, but it feels like we're headed towards that. Bob Costas will join us, get his thoughts on uh, the Astros situation. The Red Sox, from what I'm told, that decision is probably coming down a week from today or tomorrow. I don't know the severity of this, but I don't know if we're going to be looking at the Red Sox now. Like, we're going to, we're going to change our viewpoint on who we want punished here. I can't punish the players, can I? There's nothing in place that says I'm allowed to punish the Red Sox players. I like how J.D. Martinez, the Red Sox great hitter, said, uh, hey, maybe we should be easing up on the Astros here. Uh, I think he's trying to soften that uh, venom that's coming the Red Sox way here. Hey, look, come on, let's uh, ease up on the Astros here. Because the Red Sox are the next men up. Or at least they've already lost their manager here. And I wonder what baseball is going to do to them. Yeah, McClellan. Yeah, I feel like uh, everybody should be a little nervous. I'm getting sick of all these guys bragging about their numbers if they had the sign calls. Yeah, I don't want to hear from Giancarlo Stanton. Like, dude, stay healthy, all right? You know, you had a great year a couple of years ago. You know, everybody's going to hit 80 home runs and bat 700. Easy, all right? Yeah, McLevin. I also didn't totally understand the union chief Tony Clark's statements. He basically said that, you know, he basically said that the MLB told us they didn't want to punish these players. I have that for you. Here yeah. is Tony Clark, the head of the Players Union for Major League Baseball. The regs that were in place prior to this conversation didn't afford the league an opportunity to discipline players. The conversation that was had leading into the investigation with respect to Houston suggested no intent to discipline players. The conversation moving forward, and as we engage players, just like we did in this room, We'll garner an appreciation for where the guys are on player discipline on this particular issue moving forward, and we'll address it accordingly. Yeah, I, I just did anybody ask Tony Clark, hey, what do you say to all these players who are angry at the Astros? What are you going to say to them? You're the head of the Players Association. What are you going to say to these But Mike Trout is criticizing. LeBron James is criticizing. You, you're protecting these players. Now, I know that's your job. But it feels like the Players Association getting off easy here. Yeah, Paul. It's almost like lawyer on lawyer. They're only using yeah. semantics and what's legal. Tony Clark is saying there was no language in the CB collective bargaining before this to have punishment for this specific act. So you can't punish this specific act. And he's just he's basically reading from a sheet that some lawyer handed him. I'm hopeful that the commissioner is drawing up some new language for a rule that might be a deterrent here for the players. Yes, Heaton O'Connor. But we've sort of already set that precedent where it's like steroid. They weren't testing for steroids, so it wasn't illegal, so you can't punish those people. Yes. That's already been the common language there. Yep. 2003, when that was leaked out of these guys who tested positive, but they had no rules in place where they could punish them. And then they finally got around to doing that. McLovin, new poll question? Question sure, what mark? do you got? Oh, I don't know. I was just curious if you had another 
Oh, I thought you were the one that had the new poll question. No. Uh, did someone tell you I had a new poll question? Well, I still have a lot of questions about NFL. I, 70% say they do not like the expansion. But what about the playoff expansion? Because I, everyone in this room is going to watch more playoff games. I'll watch it. I don't like it. I don't need. I, I should say I don't need it. I don't need a 17th game. Uh, what about going farther into February? Well, I would stretch out the season. Absolutely. I'd have the Super Bowl at the end. I'd have, a, I have, an, have an extra bye week at some point during the regular season and stretch this out as far as you can. So then you go from February with the Super Bowl to then you're going to go into the combine and free agency coming up. And then you go into the draft. So you have basically corralled about nine months here from, from September I mean, it really doesn't end. I mean, if you're thinking about it, like you have maybe May and June that don't matter in the NFL. I mean, they're they're close to 10 months out of the year where they're dominating the news cycle. But if you can stretch the Super Bowl towards the end of February and then you turn right around, you got free agency coming up and then you got the combine, then you got the draft. That's pretty good. Yeah, McLovin. Another poll option, should the NBA cut down from 82 games? And if that's too obvious... Should they cut down and have a midseason tournament that Adam Silver has floated out? Which I don't totally understand. Yeah, I don't. I don't get the midseason tournament there. I thought maybe it's an excuse to cut down the games because there seems to be such a call for that to get out of eighty-two. Yeah, but you can't now because of all of the the TV money and the players' salaries, and the owners want to make their money. Now, now I'm going to cut down on the number of games. How do I make my money to pay these guys? Like they, it's kind of the tail wagging the dog here. And I think it, it'd be difficult to do that. How, how are you going to do this in baseball where all of a sudden you say, we'd like to lop off 20 games. Meanwhile, we're going to pay Mike Trout $400 million or Bryce Harper $300 million. It's, we're pretty far down the rabbit hole with, with this that I don't think you can do that. But I agree. I'd love to you know, take away 20 games in the NBA. Take away 20 games in baseball. And, and make it like more exciting. College basketball rendered meaningless. You know, will getting rid of the one and done help college basketball? That if you stay, you got to stay for at least two years. You can come out of high school. Great. That I know it doesn't help the NBA because the NBA wants you to get a little more experience. They don't want to babysit 18 year olds. But if you you want to give them an opportunity, great. You can come out. College football has three years. Now, there are certain players that should come out earlier. It'd be Any great running back in college should come out early. And if I'm a quarterback and I just had a great year, I should, I should be allowed to come out. Because if you stay, it feels like nothing good ever happens. Your draft status goes down. It, just, it feels like you're on display too long, and then we, we start to nitpick. Yeah, Paul. If Trevor Lawrence were available in this draft, he would be taken ahead of Joe Burrow. Is that for sure or likely? McClellan, what do you think? I say he was available right now. The way people write about him, I would say for sure. But that might be that, you know how you always say that people kind of evaluate the guys who aren't in the draft a little better. Well, everybody wants what they want, what they can't have. Therefore, Trevor Lawrence, man, he's unbelievable. Joe Burrow just gave you the greatest season a quarterback has ever given to a team in college football history. Much better than anything Trevor Lawrence has done. We're just not quite sure how what the ceiling is for Trevor Lawrence. Well, Lawrence has only lost one game his entire career. He's not lacking for any success. Is he a great quarterback? Oh, yeah. 
great by college standards. Yes. Okay. I mean, he's only lost one game in two years. Well, he's got to prove something. I know he's had he NFL does, guys all around. He does play him. on a great. I mean, you know, Greg McElroy probably didn't lose too much at Alabama. True. I mean, Burrow's got pros all over him, around him too. Although he did elevate that team a lot. I mean, Tua two years ago was the hot thing. After the title game, you know, the Dolphins were tanking for Tua. So I think a lot of times we get these quarterbacks and it's new and you go, oh my gosh, he, he checks all the boxes there. He's six six. He looks like a quarterback. He's strong arm. You know, it feels like he's Andrew Luck, though. The one exception that goes wire to wire. Like, you think Trevor Lawrence is the the new yes, Andrew Luck? He gets compared to Luck a lot because he's been since ninth grade. He's been the the wonder kid. Mm, okay, I think, but maybe not. I mean, you. I always think that, and I'm always wrong. I thought Matt Barkley was a top ten pick. So. Yeah, I think so did Matt. Sam Darnold. He went two or three. Three, right? but people are still waiting for that greatness. I know. Yeah. Kissing disease. Oh, Slowed him down. Mono. Yeah, yeah, Paul. You know what? Trevor Lawrence doesn't have that rhyme, like suck for luck, you know, tank for Tua. You need a rhyme off mm. his name. Trevor Lawrence a little too wordy. Uh, I would say, Todd, what rhymes with Trevor, but it won't rhyme with Trevor. Well, I was so. going to go sever for Trevor, like sever your, your attempts to win games. That's what if cool. it's not a rhyme thing, but it's just like losing for Lawrence. It's alliteration, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, McLovin. I know you haven't really uh, dove into all these prospects, but I keep seeing this guy, Jordan Love, from Utah State yeah. in the first round of every mock draft. His numbers are terrible. I can't. So you talk about college success. Does it mean anything to these guys? Because he's like, you know, he's terrible passer rating. Well, look at Daniel Jones. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. So having a great college year doesn't necessarily mean that you the NFL it, views you it, the same way. It would for me. Like, I want to see how successful you are. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones didn't play on a good he didn't play well on a average team uh, Mitchell Trubisky played okay on an average team I still like what I see I still like when I, I go oh that guy that guy Teddy Bridgewater people had doubts about him I said I I watch him on Saturday seems like he knows what he's doing here but the bad pro day Oh, I know. And it felt so bad. It's like, oh, he ruined it. Bad pro day. And I go, I'd still take him. What he did was ruin anyone who takes pro day seriously. <laughs> after him, everyone's <laughs> like, ah, why am I watching this? Uh, we'll get to phone calls. Bob Costas will join us. Um, Fritzy, who has been very critical of Bruce Springsteen on today's show, I made him entertain the uh, nation on our live looking. if you were watching on TV. Uh, some of the responses, uh, that was the best look-in, live look-in ever, Thank you, Fritzy. Uh, oh, it's from Fritzy. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that look-in was awful, Fritzy. Uh, Fritzy is only spewing these terrible music takes to distract from the fact that he didn't book any guests oh, today. <laughs> that's cold. That's a cold. Take. Do you realize Bob Costas booked himself today? <laughs> Not, I'm being honest. That's true. Bob wanted to clarify something he said last time he was on. He's now done he, that a few times. Now he's got an open window, an open invite we there. Love Bob. But but you didn't even book Bob Costas. I didn't. And we had Reggie Miller <laughs> early in the week, and he's a weekly regular guest, so that's that's two right there out of four. Uh, this is from another uh, listener. I always feel sorry for Fritzy because of how awkward he is, and I try to root for him, but his segments, like the last one, help me understand why he gets picked on so much. Oh, no, that's not nice. Uh, somebody also liked the fact that uh, we suggested, Fritzy suggested uh, 
flipping bowling pins that were on fire to, uh, today. And we were all for that. We wanted to go get bowling pins and set them on fire and let Fritzy juggle those. I don't know how to use a lighter, so someone else would have to light <laughs> the pins. So. That is true. That was an amazing piece of video. Not the most, though, of all the different things you've seen me on camera I, not be able to do. You, you, you can't do any household chores. Like, if you were left alone... You know when you can't leave a child at home for any extended period of time? Yeah, I'd have to wear one of those bracelets like I'm falling and I can't get up kind of thing. Or, a, or like a pet. You can't leave the pet there for too long. Like that, your wife must say, hey, Todd, I'm going to be back in four hours. Are you going to be okay? No canned goods, like a can opener. <laughs> no, it has to be one of those things with the ring where you can just kind of pull it open. But, but Fritzy couldn't use a lighter. You I eventually got it, but I only was able it, to hold it for like a half a second. It took you over a minute to yeah. figure out how to use a lighter. I was looking at it like it was some kind of NASA project. <laughs> but the fact you used a broom like it was shuffleboard. I did. I can't, There's it wasn't, no words to describe how it, pathetic it, it was. It wasn't a bit. Like you didn't know how to use a broom. No, I wasn't looking for laughs. I was looking for pity, I guess. I was genuinely and then And then we were cutting down the nets when we left the well, old man cave. that's because I didn't cave. have a lefty scissor, but oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. We were cutting down the nets, and Fritzy got up there because I wanted all of us to cut down the nets, symbolic that we're leaving the old man cave. Todd... You couldn't do it. You couldn't actually cut down the nets. It took a very long time with a righty scissors. Instead of taking the righty scissors and, and putting it in his right hand, he kept it in his left hand and tried I'm to over... I'm not ambidextrous like that. I, I stuck with the left hand, but ultimately that was very poor. Everybody did it like in a matter of like a second and a half, and it seemed like it was several minutes before I could even make an, a dent in the netting, not, never mind actually cutting a piece off. It was bad. It was. It was very bad. Yes. It was sad. It, was, it wasn't bad. It was just sad. It was. It was. It was sad. Yeah. It was very unfortunate. I have such a limited We're, we're showing that now where Fritzy's up there and he, he, then he claimed, well, they're, they're uh, right-handed scissors. Yeah, you know what's funny? Look at my hand. I could do this. I could close the gap yeah. with my finger and thumb They do make left lefty hand. scissors for a reason, but there's no excuse for that poor netic cutting performance. But there must be a reason why they make lefty scissors. And you didn't know how to do the tongs either. Did not. Yeah. Like tongs. I didn't know how to unlock it. I didn't realize there was yeah. a lock on tongs. Yeah, you- there was some kind of thing you had to turn to actually remove some kind of band around it to, to be able to freely open and close yeah, the Yeah, we're, we're showing that now. <laughs> yeah, that, that so I was just going to be able to pick it up and you know, yeah. kind of go at my own length of space that I needed of the tongs to pick Fine. it up. This, this is definitely its own TV show. Just asking Todd to do like, hey, Todd, oh, can, I, you, can you light this lighter yeah. and then just film it? Yeah. And remember when he was cutting Paulie's birthday cake? What a gift. <laughs> what a gift that was. So it's like D-D-I-Y, like don't do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, kind of- More like can't do it yourself. <laughs> oh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> is there anything Todd can do on his own? Oh, now we're showing him cutting the cake. <laughs> that's a, that's so, a birthday cake. So so he he leaves it in the box and he's going to try to cut it, but he can't get the knife all the way down. He's trying to contain all the crumbs the, the and everything was in the box. The box is Oh, that's fast. That was a struggle. That was a little struggle for me. Like man versus cake. And then Seaton is trying to help him like dismantling the box. So and then Paulie said, "No, no, don't, no, no. don't." Yeah, he's like, "No, no, 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 don't, don't leave it. Let him figure it out." God, <laughs> you're fascinating. There's, very nice. there was nothing look. sharp in those plastic that plastic knife to help me cut yeah, that. Fascinating. Fascinating. The, wait, is the knife's fault? It was, it was like a Nerf knife or something. Oh, it's not a, it's not a left-handed it, knife. It, it was a, a cake-cutting <laughs> knife. It actually says on the box that we take out, it's for cake-cutting and pie-cutting specifically. Maybe it was a righty cake-cutting yeah, knife because it didn't, have, the, it didn't have like those like, sharp edges where you could actually... 
Take a break here. Bob Costas will join us. Like a butter knife. What's he? Uh, what's he make of the Astros? Kind of smeared everybody a piece of cake. And what cutting. does he think is going to happen with the Red Sox? We'll talk to Bob Costas coming up next. Twenty after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. It's the greatest time of the year in sports: NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's Geico Easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Update the poll results if you can, McLovin. Are you okay with 17 games? Six, 64% say no. Also, we're going to get less preseason games, probably three. Uh, and and I'm, I'm fine with that. If, if You could have those uh, team versus team scrimmages. But if you're going to have the uh, preseason games and you want to drop it down to three, now that means that you got some rookies who are trying to prove themselves might not get that kind of opportunity they've had before. Tom in Florida joins us. Hi, Tom. Yeah, that was my question, Dan. Your guy tell you they were going to cut the preseason down to two. And one other thing, did you see the Illinois-Penn State game with the coaches being mic'd and yeah. being inside the huddle? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to, all kinds of uh, different ways to bring you closer to the game, and I, I was watching that game where the Illinois and Penn State head coaches were uh, mic'd up during the game. Let's bring in uh, Bob Costas, Hall of Fame broadcaster, MLB Network host, play-by-play voice. Good morning, Bob. Um, let me start with the NFL. What do you make of this expansion? Yeah, don't, don't start with the NFL. Let's start with Fritzy. I think on tomorrow's show, he should just open up with this overrated list. Willie Mays, Wayne Gretzky, (laughs) Michael Jordan, and Jim Brown. And then let the conversation go wherever it's going to go. Lump them in with the grotesquely overrated Beatles and Bruce Springsteen and go from there. Can an opinion be factually wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is that ridiculous? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is this is why callers call in, people write songs, and they say, suck it back row, because of the comments I have from the back row here, and Fritzy, yeah. <laughs> Fritzy leading the charge here. Well, actually, there are no stats, except for records sold, and I guess concert attendance. There's no stats when it comes to the Beatles, or Springsteen, or whomever, but when it comes to sports... Yeah, you can argue around the edges whether Will Chamberlain was better than Kareem, but you at least have some statistics to refer to. So you can't say outright that either one of them is greatly overrated. I remember you did the interview with Springsteen uh, when he was doing the halftime show. Yeah. How, how big of a sports fan is Springsteen? Huge baseball fan. But he actually said on that occasion, I don't really follow football. And he said with a laugh, we've got a record 
to promote, and this is the best possible place to promote it. But uh, so he said, "Don't don't ask me any football questions." <laughs> you've has he been to a game that you've been at baseball? Yes, um, yes. in 1998, he brought his then young son Evan um, to St. Louis on the weekend that Sosa and McGuire were vying. They were each close to 60 or 61. And he went down into the Cardinal Clubhouse and actually traded a Springsteen guitar for a Mark McGuire bat. Wow. And he stayed for the whole series. He stayed for all three games. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. What do you make of uh, NFL expansion? Do they eventually you – know, can we get to the point of no return with the NFL? I guess you could, but I don't think they've reached it. Uh, the interest is extremely high. And football is different from baseball. Uh, they play a shorter regular season. Uh, the only real difference would be, I guess, as I understand it, only the top division winner in each conference would get a bye instead of the first two. But it doesn't drastically alter uh, the setup. It shortens the preseason, which fans like. Uh, I guess they'll throw in an extra bye week. They might push the Super Bowl, and this also makes sense, push the yeah. President's Weekend. Uh, the whole thing actually makes sense, both from a business standpoint and from a competitive standpoint. I think it makes sense. They're going to have to expand the rosters because of the wear and tear uh, of the season if you're going to add an extra game and add an extra bye week. But it seems like all those necessary steps are logical and don't really upset the apple cart all that much. Yeah, I, I agree with the President's Weekend because then that gives you that holiday, that Monday after the Super Bowl that a lot of people take off anyway. Now you're you're saying, hey, we acknowledge that. You can take off that day of work. I'm told they're only going to add maybe one or two more players to the roster when they go to 17-game regular season schedule. I'm no expert on this, but that doesn't seem like enough to me. No. And I think the Players Association would have a very strong case to argue for more. Why isn't the Astros story going away? Because the players, I think the players are keeping it going and adding extra fuel. I'm sure you've mentioned this before. At the height or depth of the steroid era, lots of players would privately express their concern. And eventually they pushed the Players Association to recognize that many of their own members were victims rather than participants in PED use. But they never said anything publicly. Uh, this was before players had Twitter accounts and Instagram and everything else, and that adds fuel to the fire, too. But I think what's really keeping it going is how outspoken and adamant the players themselves have been, because we in the press and, and baseball officials had their say within the last few weeks, but now it's the players. Once spring training has arrived and they're being asked questions or going on their social media accounts, it's the players now that are really keeping it going. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how this ends. You know, everybody wants something out of this, and, and I don't know what that something is. And I, I said, if, look, if you want to take away the trophy and vacate it, okay, fine. If I can't pu punish the players, then I don't want people picking up a baseball and throwing it 95 miles an hour at them mm -hmm. and extracting some you know, kind of revenge. But what, what would be your solution where you think that you could placate the players and the fans affected by this? I said this the day the story broke uh, after um, the Athletic had Mike Fires uh, information and then eventually the, the commissioner came down with his penalties and Jim Crane fired Hinch and, and Lunau that my suspicion was, and it turned out to be correct, 
that they had to grant immunity to the players, both because of existing understandings in the basic agreement and because they would have gotten huge pushback from the Players Association in any case. So that was a road they didn't want to go down. But I speculated at that time that they could very well wind up in the same place they wound up with steroids and PEDs, which was that eventually they recognized that there was mutual interest here. The Players Association would have to agree, and they're hearing it from their members now when it comes to the Astros, They'd have to agree that the majority of players are victims when other players cheat. And so in the next basic agreement, I think they're going to have to codify penalties, just like they eventually did with steroids. They're going to have to codify penalties. This is what happens to players if and when they're caught doing this kind of stuff. But if I can, Dan, I'm going to go against the tide a little bit when a lot of people have said, fans and some people in the press, this is no deterrent, Manfred's uh, initial ruling. This is no deterrent because the players themselves weren't punished. But I don't think that makes that much sense because they said beforehand in the memo in September of 2017 and in their penalties, Hinch fired, uh, Lunell suspended, then fired, then Lunell, then Cora, then eventually Beltron, although that wasn't a commissioner's decision, but the Mets decided. What's clear is this. There's no way that players, even if they want to do it again, if some player somewhere wants to do it again, there's no way that coaches and managers wouldn't know about it. Hinch knew about it, all right? No manager is going to say, you know what? Let me weigh the risk-reward. <laughs> it's worth it to destroy or at least significantly derail my entire career and look the other way while these players are cheating. So I think, actually, if you think about the practical effect, this is a deterrent. No coach or manager or general manager, if he knows about it, is going to let this go on and run the risk to his career. Talking to Bob Costas, what do you think happens with the Red Sox? You know, I'm, I'm a little vague on that. I don't know if most of it is Cora-related, going back to Houston and then compounded by whatever might have happened with the Red Sox. But the few Red Sox who have commented, J.D. Martinez and, and Keith Moreland, uh, have said, um, not Keith Moreland, I'm thinking back to the old Cubs. <laughs> I got my Moreland confused. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast, Dan. This is too early in the morning for me. <laughs> anyway, Mitch Moreland, Mitch Moreland, they, they have kind of flatly said, we're not aware of anything that went on. We don't expect that we as a team are going to be hit all that hard. But we'll see within a week. They say that uh, the decision will be rendered by the end of next week. Well, it won't be the players because they can't get punished, right? Right. But they were, they were saying we weren't aware of anything going on at all. They can't be punished, but if you were aware that something was going on, you would think you wouldn't walk out on the limb that way and say, nothing to see here. But we'll find out. And uh, last time you were on, you were talking about expanding the playoffs, or you wanted to clarify something you said last time you were on. Yeah. um, Baseball has floated an idea about expanding the playoffs, where you'd have the three division winners, and the best division winner would get a bye, and then you would have four wild cards. Um, And I said to you that I thought that some of this had merit and was worth discussing. I don't have any problem with a television show as a selection show. It's an interesting idea to let uh, the higher seeded teams pick their opponents. There might be some strategy involved there, but it was made to seem not by you, but by some people as if I was promoting this idea or that I was all in. And what I actually said was, this is a starting point. And there's lots of ways that you could come at it. And the one thing that you have to be mindful of, and I've always said this, going back to when they added the first wild card, is the difference between baseball and other sports. The difference between the history of a pennant race 
and mere playoff qualifying, and, of course, the difference in the length of the season. The NFL goes and expands, as we just talked about. Their season is a tenth as long, roughly, as baseball's season. So you can't, I, I don't think you can throw division winners. Last year, for example, in the American League, three teams won more than 100 games. It's one thing to say the two wild cards have to play a one-game knockout or a best two out of three. If you come in through the side door, that makes sense. Or if you play a whole season and you wind up in a dead heat, Giants and Dodgers played two out of three in 51. The Bucky Dent game, the Yankees and Red Sox played a single game, but that makes sense because they played to a dead heat over 154 or 162. But if you play 162 games or wherever they wind up, 156, and one team wins 100 and the other is the fourth wild card and has a 500 record, then a best two out of three might not be an acceptable crapshoot. Think of how often, this is baseball, not basketball or football, think of how often a team that wins 90-plus games loses two out of three at home during the course of the season to a team that finishes under 500 because it's baseball. So I'm saying that what they've thrown out there is interesting and has some merit, but they've got to reconcile it with the validity of the long season. So if you have two more minutes here, I would say where they are now, just with the five playoff qualifiers and two wild cards per league, they could make the wild card round best two out of three with all three on the home field of the better wild card qualifier. That makes sense. And they could make the division series best out of seven instead of best out of five. That also makes competitive sense. And they'd only have to cut the season back to 156, which is one three-game home series for each team in order for the World Series not to push into November. Or if they wanted to add one wild card in the present setup, they could give first-round buys to the two highest playoff qualifiers, so you have less of a chance of an extreme inequity there. Or if and when they go to 32 teams, which is going to happen somewhere down the road, then you could reconfigure into two 18 divisions per league arranged geographically, then logically, completely logically, the two division winners get a bye, and you have four wildcard teams per league. And, and there you wind up with something that's expanded, it's modernized, but it still respects the importance of the long baseball season. You feel better? I, I feel so much better now. And I don't even have to, I don't have to pay you $75 for the hour on the couch. <laughs> I'm here for you, Bob. I'm here you for you. You always have been, Dan. You I mean, always have been. I'm here for you. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome, Dan. That's Thank you. Bob Costas, Hall of Fame broadcaster. You know, he loves the game so much that you wouldn't want to be the commissioner because you love the game so much. Like The last thing you'd want to do is like, gosh, I got to... I got to get involved in all of it. Like you can all you can enjoy the game from from afar if you want to, or up close if you want to. If you're Bob, because people are always going, yeah, Bob would make a big, great commissioner. Why would I do that to Bob? Like it feels like he just wants to call games, go to games. You know, no need to get involved in an Astros scandal or Red Sox scandal. Take a break. Uh, Meet Friday songs coming up, and last call for phone calls right after this. After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carry-out-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world. Something delicious is coming. Little Caesars has some big news. They now deliver. 
From the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of toppings at the nation's best price. Now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best price is based on comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings. And the other three pizza chains, comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas. Sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. So come on, get your Little Caesars. It's being brought to your doorstep. You can't beat it. Oh, yeah, by the way, pizza, pizza. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That is what NetSuite by Oracle is set out to solve because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances, and that's why many businesses fail. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Now, I've never run a business, but you know we work on kind of a small business here, and we all make sure Dan has all the information he needs. It's huge. Now, serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances all in one place in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash Patrick. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash Patrick. Again, that's netsuite.com slash Patrick. You got to have all the information right in front of you. Go to netsuite.com slash Patrick. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com. Clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Got some Traeger Meat Friday songs. Traeger's in the house. Chad, our good buddy from Traeger, out there cooking up, cooking up a storm, a little pulled pork. Some pulled pork sliders coming up here at lunchtime. Yeah, Paulie? He's a fantastic chef, but it seems like he just sits around and stares at the grill a lot and has a cocktail in his hand. Yeah. Which even, is pretty good living. Even now we're showing him, it's, he's got his staff that feels like he's, they do all the work. And, and Chad just, as you can see him now, he's just kind of standing there. Maybe he's good at delegating. I have seen him in action at the Super Bowl when he had those Traegers fired up at the Super Bowl. That was some unbelievable food there. Yeah, Paul. One of the nice things about the grill is you can put it outside and you're doing like a three-hour smoke on some ribs, and you could say you're monitoring the grill. You're keeping an eye on things. You could say you're, you're doing that. You could avoid your family and yeah. just sit out there with a drink. All right, a couple of things. Uh, let me see. I got uh, Scott in South Carolina says, I'd rather listen to uh, Fritzy's mock headlines than Todd ragging on Bruce Springsteen. Uh, let me see. I've always thought Bruce Springsteen was a poor man's Bob Seger. And if Seeger was from New Jersey and Springsteen was from Detroit, Springsteen would be an afterthought. Wow. No contest when it comes to bodies of work. Seeger light years better. Oh, I like Bob Seeger, but body of work? I don't know about that, Mike in Michigan. I don't know about that. Uh, here's an email from Jimmy in Phoenix. To me, you uh, too is overrated. I like them, but I can go without. Yeah, I appreciate you too. You know, just to be able to do it that long, that that amount of time, that that's the sustainability of some of these great acts. 
And I go back to, you know, the Who's still touring, the Stones still touring. You know, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin is still touring, making music. Uh, you know, David Bowie for a long time was still putting out great music. Prince still putting out, was putting out great music. Aerosmith is still together. You know, the, and that's just a name, you know, five or six of them. But those are bands. John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival is still performing. These are, Neil Young is still performing. Like, that's, that's the sustainability to be, you know, relative, where somebody is still watching you and new people are finding your music. I've always been impressed with that. I mean, I'm still fascinated with the one-hit wonders, but you have those bands, those artists who are... Elton John is still performing. Billy Joel is still performing. And, and you know, that, that's great. Yeah. All right, uh, Traeger Meet Friday songs. We start with Nick in Hawaii. A barbecue! A barbecue! A barbecue! A barbecue! I got a Traeger Meet Friday Ragers It's so easy Pretty good. That's Blur, I believe. That's Nick in Hawaii. Is that Blur, Seton? Yeah, so it's a song. Song two. two. Song yeah. two. Max in Florida has his Meat Friday song. Ain't no use in lighting up that triangle. <laughs> I have a Traeger grill outside that door. Meat Friday is finally upon us. I need a beer, a burger, brought and maybe more. I'm watching Danny P and Fritz and tells an awful joke. Only makes me want to say, suck it now, back row. McLovin's on the bandwagon for the next best team I know. Eat me twice, it's all right. Max in Florida, a little Bobby Dylan. That sounded really, that sounded well. Well done. Uh, TJ in Washington with a Traeger Meat Friday song. I'm at the butcher shop. <laughs> Contemplating, should I get a prime rib? I'm debating, check out those lamb chops, those fillets and tomahawks. Should I just get some brats? <laughs> now Meat Friday is here, no more waiting. Got a 20 pound brisket, marinating. Gonna smoke it on low. I'm about to season in, bro. It's there I say in fuego. Suck it back and roll. <laughs> Come on over, bring some wolf pups. Even Reggie Aloysius Miller knows what's up. I got that meat on the trigger. I put that meat on the trigger. I grill the meat on the trigger. So that's TJ in Washington. I think that's better than the original Maroon 5 song, <laughs> yeah, isn't that's it? That's way better, yeah. <laughs> Send your Traeger Meat Friday songs, and we will get ready. Once we have March Madness, we'll have our Meat Madness, and we'll have our brackets with the songs that you can vote on. Keep them to under a minute if you can. No, you need to. It's not if you can. You need to. Let me go to John in Indiana. John, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, bud. Uh, six, foot, six foot 185. Hey, had some thoughts on the 17th game of the NFL, having it be in a neutral site. There's so many great venues that would set up for you. You've got a, 
it may not work with the Bengals and the Browns in the horseshoe because it's, that'd be an extra divisional game, but you've got the Colts and the Bears could play in the house that Rockney built. You got the Eagles and the Steelers could play in Happy Valley. You got the Jets and the Giants. I mean, they could play at Rutgers. Okay, maybe that idea doesn't work. <laughs> no, I, I, I think they're all great ideas If because you've got to decide what are you doing with that extra game. you got eight home, eight away, and then what do you do with the 17th game? Get creative. You could go to different venues that wouldn't normally get this. You could go to college stadiums. Yeah, Paulie. If I were the Minnesota Vikings, I'd play my final regular season home game where the Gophers play outside. And think of the advantage you'd have of a team coming late in the season if you're in a playoff run and playing an outside game in Minnesota. Yeah, but you have to be ready to play outside as well. You're more ready well, if, if you live there full-time. Well, you're there, you're around the elements, but you're not playing in the elements. Yeah, it'd be now fun all enough. of a sudden, you know, you're going to be out there and you're going to say, what? No, now, is this an advantage for us? It feels like Mike Zimmer would be okay with that. Yes, for two. And Green Bay or Pittsburgh or Buffalo come to Tango. Bring it on. We love the cold, too. Let's get it going. Final results of the poll question. Thank you, Tom. Are you okay with the 17-game schedule? 65% say no. This day in sports history, Pauling? 1930, Dan. Your boy, Clint Benedict, became the first goalie to wear a mask in an NHL game. Soft. He wore it because of an injury, and then it kind of caught on. 1974, Gordie Howe, the great hockey player, came out of retirement to play for the Houston Arrows with his two sons. He was 46 years old at the time. He ended up playing five more years. He was 51 when he retired. One of the great penmanship one of the great autographs ever, Gordie Howe. First team all penmanship. He, he signed a, a hockey puck for me, and I have it up on the mantle behind me. Beautiful penmanship. You wouldn't think that out of a hockey player. Fritzy, what did you learn today? If you're not a Bruce Springsteen fan, apparently seeing his four-hour energy-infused concert will radically change your mind. Give people a sense of your Springsteen impersonation. Well, all right. Oh, now. After she put a gift of man. What we learned brought to you by LegalZoom. They will set you up for success. Take care of your oh, business right. needs. <laughs> the promo code. Come on now. <laughs> Patrick at checkout legal zoom where life oh, meets legal. Why don't you just take us on out there, Todd? Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow on the Dan Patrick no, Show. No, you're supposed to sing. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right, no credit card necessary, and simply search for our shows to start listening. 